0: You're listening to Making Life Brighter on the Health and Wellness Channel, where we provide you with the latest information in healing, consciousness training, and all cutting-edge healing modalities, featuring experts in their fields, including authors, musicians, and artists. Making Life Brighter will be a forum for healing, inspiring, and uplifting entertainment. Here is your host, Winifred Adams.
1: Welcome, you're listening to Making Life Brighter Radio. This is Winifred Adams, and We have a special showcase for you today, which I'll also be broadcasting on Memorial Day, and I encourage you to have other people tune in to listen again, because this is going to be a very special show. As you know, we always celebrate Memorial Day here in the United States and perhaps even around the world, but one thing that is really ever-present is the amount of heart opening that happens on that day and the contemplation and consideration that people take out of their day to put toward those who have served for our country or who have put themselves in front of other people and sacrificed something for the greater good of all of us. And I want to showcase that theme today in our show. I have a very special song that I wrote a few years ago about the wives that are left behind when someone goes to service and what ties all that together. And that'll be at the end of the segment. So stay tuned because that's a really special song and it plays on radio around the world every year on Memorial Day. But right now, I want to start our segment with something very special. And that is a guest who is near and dear to my heart. And his name is Frank Bennett. And Frank is 82 years old. And he is one of the most decorated United Airline pilots of all time in the history of the airline. He saved the airline probably a million dollars in fuel by his creativity as well as his forethought and consideration for the betterment of all the people. And there's never been really somebody that's done as many extraordinary things as this man did for service for people, for the flight attendants, for the entire airline as a whole, and people still come up to him today and recognize him when he flies. And welcome, Frank. I'd like to introduce Frank Bennett today to you all. Hello,
2: Frank. Hello.
1: Thank you for being with us today. Now Frank is 82 years old and last year he had brain surgery and has recovered miraculously and is someone that would be an inspiration to anyone whom he meets and certainly to all of us as a whole. Frank had served in the Army uh, at one point, but why I have him on today for us is because not only is he a special individual that we'll talk to over time because his perspectives on life are very, very important. But he's really learned quite a bit in his lifetime, and I think that his sharing is valuable to all of us. So, Frank, you know that we've known each other over time, and uh, I want to introduce you to the listeners as someone that also meditates daily. And one thing that I think has served you in your miraculous recovery from your brain surgery last year is your ability to continue discipline. And that's something that we don't see as much of today in our society. And I'd love for you to comment on that a little bit and how discipline worked in your life and what you see in the world today in regards to discipline with people or not.
2: Golly. um, I, I, uh, of course, believe that uh, organization is foremost... And that includes or uh, is uh, connected with discipline. The uh, organization of one's uh, activities means that uh, there is forethought and intention and commitment. So, uh, yes, uh, uh, that's... Uh, a very valuable aspect for all of us, I believe.
1: Do you see commitment today? What do you see compared to when you were growing up?
2: Unfortunately, less. Uh, Today is uh, turned into a place that I observe as a me, me, me world, where, unfortunately, we are not close to our neighbors Uh, When they drive down the street, they're not willing to wave back, and uh, it's unfortunate that we're becoming so separated. It would be more fortunate if we could see uh, the intrinsic value of one another and uh, the effort that each of us would go to to recognize uh, whoever and whenever and be able to greet would be most valuable.
1: Frank, will you share what you used to do um, when you flew? Because I think that's a valuable story for people to hear. And, you know, today because of nine eleven, we can't uh, go Out the pilots can't go out and uh, speak to the passengers anymore, but you did something extraordinary. Will you share what that was?
2: I believe uh, um, I'm connecting to what it is that you're uh, inquiring of. Um, I spent a lot of time on the public address system sharing outside with the traveling public as we progressed across the land. Uh, also, um, I was able to leave the front and uh, connect with those that were uh, along for the ride to a destination and uh, stand where they could see me, talk with them, and uh review what it was that we were passing over as well as uh, discuss uh, with some that were Inquiring as to what it was that they were curious of So it was um, It was a welcome thing for me to be able to be free to walk the aisles uh, to a limited degree I didn't spend a lot of time out of the front, but uh, it did give me an opportunity to extend uh, to limited numbers of individuals uh, in, in additional information about what was taking place. And so it, it was a, a, a real honor for me to be able to do that.
1: I think that's amazing because, you know, very few people today would call that an honor. They would say, oh, I have to get up and talk to the passengers. I have to do whatever. Now, not all pilots. And please, for those of you out there listening, I know there's great, great people that are out there working. But very many people in our attitude today seems to be one of being put upon as opposed to a service. And I think, Frank, you showcase what service really is and the honor And the reward in which you receive by being of service willingly and openly. And so for that, I say thank you so much. Um, I would love to have you back some more and we can dialogue more specifically about the experiences in your lifetime because I know there are many and they're so wonderful to hear. And I just want to share that with everyone because, you know, you're such a bright spirit. Um, Frank, tell me what makes your life brighter?
2: what i uh notice uh to a limited degree which is different than uh maybe what i've said uh, before is that i uh i do see things that are taking place that encourage me uh that uh is, is isolated however Possibly in sports where one person congratulates another person in my day uh, that was not something that uh, was even known didn't exist and uh, it's encouraging makes my life brighter to witness a change toward uh, what I spoke of the in a limited me, me, me situation. Uh, we're evolving, Great. hopefully. Yes, uh, thank you, thank you, the, Frank. Uh,
1: thank you so aren't. much. Well, right now I want to share with you a special song called Because Love Hangs On, and we'll have Frank back another time to hear some more of his amazing stories and how honorable a person he really is and how that can be an example for us. But... Right now, here's Because Love Hangs On, and it's a tribute to all those that are left behind from those who are in service. And it's Because Love Hangs On. We'll be right back. You're listening to Making Life Brighter.
3: look at today's health voice america health and wellness
4: journey to john of god for healing with your guide medical intuitive winifred adams experience healing with the world's most revered transmedium john of god witness incredible healings visit the sacred waterfall and experience the heart-opening wonders of the casa de dominacio in brazil for more information visit makinglifebrighter.com Tune in and visit the archived shows to learn of the miraculous healing with John of God. Special offer will you mention you heard it on the Health and Wellness Channel. See the website for details, www.makinglifebrighter.com. Making Life Brighter, your health and healing resource. With 20 years of successful healing, medical intuitive Winifred Adams has assisted thousands of people with their health and emotional well-being, including a celebrity clientele. An expert in emotional healing and body system health, Winifred specializes in emotional trauma and hard-to-solve cases. An official guide to John of God, Winifred works with people from all over the world to facilitate optimum health. Visit MakingLifeBrighter.com for more information and a discount off your first session. Appointments available in person or by Skype.
3: Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness.
1: And we're back. You're listening to Making Life Brighter Radio, and my name is Winifred Adams. That was Frank Bennett, and you were listening to my song that you can find on iTunes Worldwide called Because Love Hangs On. And it is because love hangs on that our world is hopefully coming to a better place, or will yet. And I'd like to introduce to you Lee J. McCloskey here, and I'm sitting in the Living Library, which is Olander, and a place of learning, discovery, beautiful artwork, and a story of the human soul— And then some. So welcome back, Lee. Thank you. It's it's
6: great to be here.
1: Really, I appreciate this. This is such a special tribute of Memorial Day. And we've been talking about how war potentially affects us and how we as people work through the ideology of war as it comes to pass. And also the human psyche. And this room speaks of the human psyche and the heart and the soul. So... Where in this room and what is it that you've done in these paintings of this magnificent living library that you've created here in 3D, by the way, where does it speak of this kind of tugging and pulling that is warring within us?
6: I believe that the first thing we need to think of is the library as the metaphor itself, that a library, when we enter a library, it says to us, I'm not really interested in your opinion of what books you like and what people you like, what authors you reject out of hand. It has nothing to do with you in the library. The library has to do with the conversation of being human. And so the books overwhelm any particular belief system and say, well, guess what? In a library, we include all beliefs. Yours is here as well. So it won't be an argument in the library about which book to believe in or which one to follow or which ones to burn. It will be a story that says we are on our way toward a deeper civility that comes from choice. Because when Frank was talking on the last segment, he said our neighbors are really disinclined to be with neighbors. People are more isolated And when we think about the war in the psyche, essentially, it would be like standing in the library and refusing to look away from the book you're holding in your hand, saying this is the only conversation, and the library is essentially trying to wake you up, saying put the book down, put the opinion down, your opinion about things doesn't matter, what you believe doesn't matter, what matters is that you join the conversation, and you will continue to war within yourself until you relinquish this insistence that you hold the right to be right as opposed to the right to participate.
1: I think that's a brilliant point and speaks to the outer world as a reflection. All over time that we've been in this last, you know, wave of mankind coming to, to awakening in the last three thousand years, the last ten thousand years even, we've come through this time frame where, you know, war seems to be the the norm. Yes. And yet I believe that's changing.
6: Well if we look at again, this is what my work, my art, my life, my studies, and as you were saying here at Olandar, my home that everything that's grown here has grown out of 34 years of raising a family, of being with my wife, Carla, and my daughters, and my friends, community. The Those that, as I collected the books and built the shelves here, it was gathering the library. But I was also gathering human beings along the years that said, you know what, let's not have a conversation in critique of the cultural conversation. That's the elephant in the room. Let's use our circumstance to join together to remember that it is always story that changes who we think we are as human. And our stories about what we're against as human never change anything and always lead to war.
7: (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I
1: love that. Well, you know, for all of you that have listened to Lee before, we've done several shows now, and you must go back and review those shows if you haven't heard them yet. But they're a good review anyway, because what we're talking about begets contemplation and it begets a different rewrite of the story, which is what we're talking about today. Memorial day is a day of reflection every year in our country, a day of reverence, a day of contemplation, but what about if it's a celebration of a rewrite to a new story, which is similar to the song that was played? Right. It's because love hangs on that we can go on. It's yes. because we have love coming through our heart. So all of the things that are standing in this room that are that have been painted speak of a rebirth, a coming through, something that is, even in, in the rise, the, the phoenix arise, mm-hmm. it's it's an expansion, almost like an explosion of newness, if we allow.
6: Yes, and the great metaphor to remember, because a lot of this is becoming, in a sense, like having built a Ferrari. I thought everyone wanted to know how to build the damn thing. And I say, no, Lee, they want the keys. They want to know how to drive it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and a lot of this, because we don't, we're not taught symbolically. We're not really to, th- we don't think as we once did, which was through analogy and correspondence, through symbolical languages that say, listen, my language is not to represent something. A garden doesn't represent a garden. A garden is a garden. But the flowers in the garden can be taken to each represent different qualities, different passions, different, uh, in a sense, a deeper poetic truth of a fragrance of a rose. And what is amazing in this circumstance, because we're in, we're in a home. Now, it does, it's my home, but your home is your heart. Your humanity exists in a particular human intimacy. It's not what we share with the neighbor. It's how do we live with one another? How do we live with ourselves? What I love about everything in the story of these 34 years of this painted library studio of mine that began on 9-11 when the towers came down called the hieroglyph of the human soul, the living library, the painted cave, it brings us back to where we began because a painted cave is where we started. The first thing we did was to use paint to connect with creation, because what is creation? Creation we call art, but actually, creation is relationship. It's when we step in to actually connect. So, here in this home, where community has gathered, where family has gathered, where love has dwelt, we have the truth of our deeper human story. We, like Dorothy, have wanted to find home, like like E.T., you know, I want to go home. In the human spirit, we know that we left the cave. We left with this question, who am I? But we knew we couldn't return until we integrated the psyche as, and again, use the symbol of the home. In the home, there are many rooms. So we have to speak the language of the children's room, of the bedroom, of the kitchen, of the public rooms, because it's saying that, that you must wear mini masks. This is what the archetypes teach us. This is why my work on the tarot and my book, Tarot Revision, is so very helpful. is because it helps to create a frame of reference where we don't take everything personally, which as an actor, you have to learn very early on, if you take it personally, all of the rejection, you're going to collapse. But if you take it more as a navigator, being bumped by the ocean itself, then you begin to understand, oh, I see, it's actually conditioning me. And that's why it is, again, in this symbolical footprint here, that the studio below, I have a studio below that I designed for my father. So we have the sunroom designed for the father, where we see my 22 drawings in black and white of the archetypes of the tarot. And I say, this is as above, so below. So in the studio below, we see structure. We see black and white. We see the tarot, and this is what the archetypes are saying. We're the tuning forks. Hamlet is not one performance of Hamlet. It's a tuning fork once struck, struck, in any performer will bring forth a unique Hamlet. That's archetype. That's like a piano saying, do you think just the keys are the thing? Or do you think it's playing these keys that's the thing? And that's what happens when we ascend into the living library. As above, so below. So we go from the below, we pass the domestic plane, meaning we step on the landing that leads up the stairs into my my painted library studio, the hieroglyph of the human soul. So we come back home to not leave home. So we ascend, but we don't leave enlightenment is not to disappear it's not a rapture that takes us away because as an actor i say that's terrible theater if somebody said oh jimmy disappeared in the third act he got enlightenment he doesn't (laughs) need to stick around anymore i'd say jimmy wasn't (laughs) here just for jimmy Mm -hmm. jimmy was here for the play and you see that's what the library says when we ascend yeah remember what does the library say you're part of this great question of what does it mean to be human so your home your heart is a unique experience a unique book a unique spine, a unique name. But your human experience is not incomplete, it's whole and holy. And we can only learn that, and think of the symbolism here at home. We can only know that in intimacy because the human heart is tired of trying to convince the neighbor that his politics are wrong. Right. Be a gardener, grow the human heart, because love is the center which is everywhere whose circumference is nowhere, because love is the unifying truth that the human struggle is a great alchemy, and every library like this, which is a human library, cries out in the pain and blood of the ancestors who lived through their wars and their plagues and their hatreds and their racism and their small-mindedness and their genius and their wonder and their hope and their despair. So we're looking at the ancestors in a library. We're surrounded by the dead in a library. And they say, what will you do now that you stand in the light of all of these books? You know, and that's where I think and why I think this is so important to us is we're the technology. We are the outcome of this vast war within the self. And that's what the archetypes try to teach us, that you are learning to navigate your own enormous energies and therefore, until you are true, until you do not leak, until you are worthy, think of our Grail legends. It's not about entitlement; it's about worthiness. And every performer, yes. every yes. mountain climber, every athlete knows yes. nothing's entitled. You're as good as what you put into it, yeah. and you are as good as the ensemble with those you are playing with, or acting with, or dancing or with, offering or singing up with. to. Yes, and that's generosity.
1: Yes, you know, and, and humility, and yes, in the story.
6: Exactly, because you're not in it alone. Yeah, And that's the key to the library. Do you really think your book is the book? Do you really think your pain is the pain? Or do you think that maybe there's a deeper weave here? And that's why you talked about Phoenix Arise. That's a fractal. That's my five-by-seven-foot oil painting that creates, uh, much to my amazement, and I think everyone else's, is,
7: yeah. is that in wow. card
6: form, when <laughs> I dropped the cards, it was printed as an invitation, and it mirrored itself, creation mirroring creation, created a holographic double helix DNA weave from a painting. And this is where I realized a painting is creation. We are a living work of art.
1: And the DNA needs the other strand of DNA. Yes. Until we get 12 strands of DNA.
6: Yes, because what's that? A weave.
1: Moving, yeah. Now we have a a secure basket, if you will.
6: And that's what this (laughs) is saying. Because what if what the Maya were teaching? What if all of this? Because this is what they were teaching. Not what if, this is what they were teaching that like a seed planted in a season, that it grows through the seasons because what it's doing, like a step pyramid, is creating greater and greater foundation. So finally, when we ascend, we realize that we are standing as the outcome, not of ourselves, but of the sacred mountain of generations. So as we stand, the first thing we want to do is honor this sacred mountain from what we come, kill So what would that be? To honor God, to honor Earth, to honor our mother, to honor our ancestors, Time of this blood in the soil that says, do you think your war is the war? Do you think your soldiers are the soldiers? Or do you think maybe the bigger mythic story behind all of this, that is by understanding that the forgiveness is not for our time or for our enemies, but for all time and all enemies. Yeah. And that's the story here, because the library and the story of the hieroglyph of the human soul, the phoenix arise, is saying each of us carry." the whole and holy weave of the whole human story. And this is what science is telling us about our DNA, about our genetics. Every woman goes back to one woman. Every man goes back to one man. Mm-hmm. For me, that's Adam and Eve.
1: Absolutely. You know, that's
6: the first mother and father.
1: You know, there's a, gr- a story about some great masters, true enlightened masters, that still, ironically, and this, this speaks to the point you made earlier, had to go to war. Yes. The master, who's enlightened, mm. goes to war and fights in a war, shooting a gun, shooting a whatever, and at night, they would, both sides that were warring, would sit down on the on the line between them, right. put down their guns, and meditate. Yeah. And the next day, they get up, and they'd war again. <laughs> well, you, you,
6: and that's why it's very important to remember the Bhagavad Gita, because the Bhagavad Gita, it, it begins with, with uh, Krishna and Arjuna. Arjuna is the worldly king, and Krishna, of course, is the god, but he's also the higher self. And And Krishna, I mean, Arjuna finds himself uh, in the middle, his chariot, between two sides of the same family. And he says to Krishna, but I cannot take arms against my own family. And he is instructed, but you must. You must take arms. And what it is saying is that, and this is why we must understand myth and psyche. Because if we understand that as we are overwhelmed by the noise of our brain, Mm -hmm. and that it's all us, but that we do have to begin a battle of discernment. Now, think of that not just individually, but as a species. Jung talks about this as individuation, which he remarks is a very, in a sense, very recent development in the human story, which is what is happening in my story as well, which is this realization, as the Phoenix Arise painting showed me when it blossomed, when it itself, in fractal iteration or cards, I have a TEDx talk called uh, Phoenix Arise and the Blossoming of Creation, which is really helpful. It's about a 10-minute talk. You
1: all have to see that. It's unbelievable when the cards open and you see, like, the flame, the fire that comes out from what was the painting, and it just it turns into a mandala, a, a sacred it, it, geometry pattern. It's, it's amazing.
6: Because what's amazing about it, it's science in its deepest sense because it right. is a fractal, it's holographic, it's multidimensional with 3D chroma depth glasses, it's mathematical, geometrical, it's, true. it's from creation. It's from the human <laughs> hand. Like can only reveal like. So essentially, it's a science that includes love, beauty, meaning, iteration, physics. Pythagoras, who said uh, God geometrizes. And we thought, oh, well, he means math. And yeah. Pythagoras would be horrified with us. He'd say, you ninny, <laughs> I, math is not math. It's math thesis. It's called the knowledge of entity, of archetype. And if you think one is a number, you misunderstand the meaning of one. Yes. You see? Yes. One is philosophical.
1: And we have one minute left.
6: Oh, good. One minute. Well, that's, and that's why I think that everything is bringing us back to the truth that we are finding our way home, that the stories we're beginning to understand is to not make them about the judgment of one another, but as the library and as Sophia, who returns here, says, begin to tell stories that are not at the expense of one another. And think of our own psyche no longer telling its own story About what side of ourselves we hate
1: That is so beautiful and on that note You're listening to Making Life Brighter Radio And you can look up this on an archive At makinglifebrighter.com On the radio tab and we'll be right back With more Lee J. McCloskey and all The wisdom of the living library And this remarkable man A renaissance man today and forever And you'll know this house As a museum one day in our history This is unbelievable we'll be right back folks Stay tuned
3: A healthy dialogue for your lifestyle. Voice America Health & Wellness.
4: Journey to John of God for healing with your guide, medical intuitive Winifred Adams. Experience healing with the world's most revered transmedium, John of God. Witness incredible healings, visit the sacred waterfall, and experience the heart-opening wonders of the Casa de Dominacio in Brazil. For more information, visit MakingLifeBrighter.com. Tune in and visit the archived shows to learn of the miraculous healing with John of God. Special offer will you mention you heard it on the Health and Wellness Channel. See the website for details, www.makinglifebrighter.com. Making Life Brighter, your health and healing resource. With 20 years of successful healing, medical intuitive Winifred Adams has assisted thousands of people with their health and emotional well-being, including a celebrity clientele. An expert in emotional healing and body system health, Winifred specializes in emotional trauma and hard-to-solve cases. An official guide to John of God, Winifred works with people from all over the world to facilitate optimum health. Visit MakingLifeBrighter.com for more information and a discount off your first session. Appointments available in person or by Skype.
5: The bottom line in business talk.
3: Follow us on Twitter at Voice America TRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's Voice America TRN. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness.
0: Welcome back to Making Life Brighter with Winifred Adams on the Health and Wellness Channel. For more information, please visit us at makinglifebrighter.com. If you have questions, comments, or would like to make an appointment with medical intuitive Winifred Adams, please email us at radio at makinglifebrighter.com. That's radio at makinglifebrighter.com. Making Life Brighter, the preferred choice for conscious education and entertainment. Now back to the show with your host, Miss Winifred Adams.
1: And we're back. You're listening to Making Life Brighter Radio, and this is a most fascinating conversation that we're having with Lee J. McCloskey again today. If you've missed the previous shows that we've done, you must go back and check out the shows on YouTube. You have to look him up and see his own YouTube talks that he's done, as well as... Look at the website for all the archives. It's on the radio player, and you can also subscribe on iTunes. But Lee is known as a famous actor. You've seen him on Dallas. He's an artist. He's an author. He's done an amazing tarot book, which is not a tarot book like you think of. It's an art Teaching, it's almost like a textbook on consciousness through Tarot and his artwork, and it's phenomenal. And we've been having the most amazing conversation, reflecting a bit on consciousness and rewriting the story because, you know, Memorial Day is about war, so to speak, and the loss of loved ones that have sacrificed. Or is it? Lee, what do you think about that?
6: I believe that when we honor, when we begin to participate both individually and collectively in the awareness of the cost of what we believe and that there's always those who embody, and this is the theater of it, the cost of that theater of those beliefs. And as brothers and sisters, we need to honor that because that is ourselves and there's no way to sort of say, Oh, this isn't me. And so I think that anything that focuses us on the cost of what we think is done by others, and so therefore is probably not that expensive to us. When we realize, and this is the story here as well, because you'd say that the knowledge of the mother here, the knowledge of matter, mater, mother, is she says, I'm the knowledge of your atoms. Your father, Adam, is the knowledge of your form, but I am matter, mater, mother. I'm the weave of all creation, all creation all are woven of me, all are born of me. Therefore, to know who you are, you must remember that there are no evil atoms. Point in your own body to where your evil atoms live and start a war with those evil atoms. And that's called developing cancer.
1: I was just going to say, that is exactly what it is. It's It's it's, a parasite. It it becomes a negative thought pattern that expands.
6: Exactly. But Mm -hmm. if we think of that as a systemic... Uh, in a way, going back thousands of years.
7: Mm-hmm.
6: But why would we? And this is goes in Hermes and myth about why does Hermes show up and we get Hermeticism and the Egyptians have Thoth Hermes, the relationship to the wisdom tradition and all of the things we think about, alchemy, but when you look at Hermes, in myth, he shows up, more or less, you'd say, to the mother goddess, who is saying, we are together, and we are community, we tell stories, we are close to the hearth and heart, we know one another through one another's eyes. And this other quality of consciousness shows up and says, well, wait a minute. Inside of each of you is a unique universe. But to pull out this unique universe, you're going to have to go on a very long journey of isolation and abandonment, because it's only an absolute abandonment. Can you actually, out of despair, because I always use Beethoven as the example, he stone-cold deaf, he writes the Ode to Joy in the Ninth Symphony as an act of vehemence and vengeance against a cruel and heartless cosmos that abandons us. So he dies with his fist raised and the lightning strikes the dead tree outside <laughs> and he doesn't die <laughs> quietly, he dies defiantly. And I think that's what we have to honor is that this abandonment that, mythically speaking, Hermes sets in motion. Because if you look at my tarot, as, and you look at Thoth's library here, which is, of course, the hermetic story, that Hermes would say to us if he was here, listen, you needed to gather the human library. The human library now is inside of each of you. And to know this human story that wasn't one of you, or one direction, or one time, or one religion, or one people but was actually innately complete in each of those visions as human. Because like a book, they each contained the story. They each contained the journey. So there was nothing that wasn't true there. But finally, he would say, and this is what happened when I finished the tarot, after 17 years of work and bleeding this thing into existence, when it came full circle, I realized that I was thinking about a line. I was thinking about the next drawing, and I was terrified because I thought, oh my God, how do I, you know, how do I, I don't even, you know, I'd, I'd joke with my wife Carla, I'd say, I'm going to read this to you. This is where the absolute no thing becomes the something or the fire of consciousness becomes the light of mind." Here, let me draw a picture of that. So it became this this but it was a, it was a in a way a story that had to be hard wrought out of not knowing, out of in a sense just drawing forth well, which is
1: surrender in a way. I mean that's how this whole room came about.
6: And it's it's also and it's commitment and discipline, going back to Frank. Yeah. Because the discipline yeah, commitment <laughs> is that if you think of the black and white of things, it's the necessary discipline that says, listen, you might be a genius and you might be a great pianist. But if you're convinced that some drug is going to turn you into one, then you don't know consciousness at all because consciousness says consciousness is a talent and everyone is gifted with certain levels of talent. But if they don't develop it, it doesn't develop itself and it doesn't happen because somebody tries to turn on the light switch with a drug. It happens because of the hard work of creating the foundation. And this is what I learned from the tarot. I literally dug a canal with my bare hands. I literally felt that to know this, I had to not have an opinion of it, but to actually embody it. And so these 17 years really brought up in me what I feel is an operating system, which is why I can talk about many of these things, not personally, but much more from an operating system. I don't need you to believe in any of this. It's it's your truth. And this is why, because I have to look. When we look at the theater of our human experience, as I use the Rolling Stones as an example, mm-hmm. listen, the Rolling Stones, somebody has to be Mick Jagger, and that's Mick, but we're all Mick Jagger. Do you know, in a we all do that singing in the bathroom, and, and you know, I can't get no satisfaction because some part of our humanity, some part of the hologram emerged as that so we could all remember that that's us, and it could be part of our shared neurology. Right. That's what's happening here is I realized that in 1986, around that time, there was an enormous change. And really the business, the dark business going on now is really what was planted then as well. But the undercurrent went the other direction. That was me and I think all the rest of us. We realized that a world was not occurring where there'd be a type of fascination with what was happening, but almost a rejection of it. So this would drive us home. It would drive us back to unique personal space. And that's where I feel like a lot of this is bringing us back to a type of nuclear sensibility of we change things because we finally understand that we are the living footprint we are holographic we are a fractal meaning that each of us are an iteration of the whole and as we know this we begin to both be able to be in the library think of it and breathe out see that we are all these books the dna We're able to breathe back into ourselves, realizing we're not losing ourselves. We're not losing our mind by having a greater grasp of our deeper identity. And this is where I really believe we're able to understand that it's not to be swept away, like I said in the earlier section, about we're not swept away from home here. We actually stabilize our form. And that's what the Phoenix Arise says. It says, now like a flower, your bud, that which kept it in, that brought you home so the chair doesn't turn into a dog or become a hallucination. It doesn't become that which sweeps you away from your experience, but allows you, like an actor, to stand in your experience, in the relationship of the play, and realize that as you trust this deeper rapport, you begin to surrender, the word you're using, to open naturally, because you're not destroying... The infrastructure. And that's what I really like to remind people. What's going on now is a natural process of overcoming, dissolving resistance in order to blossom. And that as we blossom, our values and sense of what is possible will change as well. Well,
1: do you believe that war is
6: resistance? I believe that the war is archetypal, meaning that when we are in the tarot, one of the great helps I find, because I had really wondered as an actor. I wanted to know why, if I'm playing a murderer, am I, I'll scare the hell out of you if, if I'm playing a murderer because I'll feel the murderer in me. If I'm playing a saint, I'll you know be beatific and be attracted <laughs> to me and feel my charisma <laughs> pouring out. You know? Because yeah. I realized, like a radio, I was so fascinated, why can I hold the signal, be absolutely convincing to my fellow actors, be true to the play, and yet also not bump into the furniture? No, I'm not going to actually hurt anybody. You know, And to me, this was holding a type of, of, of suspension of disbelief, but also a type of dynamic tension that says, yes, you can go deeply into these feelings, these stories, if you realize that you give yourself permission to be uh, not over And This is with the archetypes. This is why I think I could do the work I did, is because as an actor, I learned it's my profession to not over-identify, but to get out of the way of the energy. So fury comes through me. It's not for me to identify with that fury, But to feel that force of the fury and really like a dancer, like an Aikido master, allow it to pass through me. And that's what art becomes. That's what passion in in the arts become. Yeah, and and I think that that's, that's where we're seeing this sense of developing a psyche that can finally experience the spaciousness, this remarkable identity that it has, without being swept away from its own home. It's you know that? so
1: brilliant, though. I mean, really, it's it's such a, a, fascinating concept to contemplate that if we all really can tune into that, if we yeah. if we can become that experience or witness that experience, shall right. we say, we have an opportunity for yet another experience of it, the witnessing of that experience. Yes. So without and that, sounding, you know, too it, far out.
6: Well, if you stand, use the tarot uh, as a wheel. See it as a wheel. See the twenty-two spokes and the hub. Well, as you stand in the hub of the wheel, you see that each of the spokes is a unique character, a unique identity, the empress, the emperor, the hierophant, the lovers, meaning that these are spokes of the human psyche Mm
7: -hmm. and
6: that they're all characters in the human psyche. This is why Shakespeare is so true. I mean, whether you're playing Richard III, I mean, you are all those characters. Right. And once you tune in, you realize, oh, I get it. I'm going out on the spoke of the psyche and beginning to not over-identify, oh, I am that, but actually I can enter into that it can, through rapport, like, let's say, music passing through the hands of a pianist, begin to mentor, animate, to energize. And one simply knows, like dance, oh, I get it. I, it, it starts to move me, and that's what my art does. It moves me. I, I get out of the way of it now, because having dug, in a sense, disciplined with the tarots I talked about, the black and white, I realized I built the piano. But once the piano was built on 9-11, when the towers came down, and the watcher language, as it calls itself, which began this hieroglyph of the human soul flowing through me, went from building a canal to the waters flowing through the canal. And that's why I think that our neurology, because I have to use art as the metaphor of where the human psyche is, because we are a work of art, our human form. It's saying, guess what? You're actually at a point where you have dug the canal. Whether you see it from 1986 to now, you have the black and white of things has separated the world in a way that you cannot find solace in one general way of thinking. It won't happen anymore. It is leading you back. And that's why 9-11, when I collapse in my home on the floor and spent three and a half years on the floor with the Watcher language, with this mural, this this story of the stories of our depths saying, guess what? You're not dissolving into your depths. But your problem is because it's painted on linoleum. And think of our human problem. We think we're linoleum. If I weren't linoleum, if I weren't so ordinary, man, made kind of plastically, not very deep, you know, I'd really be I'd be valuable if I was gold rather than linoleum. So everyone tries to change their floor, their foundation. And this is saying, no, 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 get it. Yes, linoleum's the gift. Your so-called ordinariness, great, meaning you got out of the books. You don't have to wear the helmets of the gods. You don't have to. You're on linoleum now. You're on ordinary ground. And although it seems so ordinary, it's this great gift because it's saying, guess what? The simple thing is, is that as human being, you've been taught to fear imagination. Do not trust what's inside of you. If you let what's out uh, uh, inside, you're going to rape, pillage, murder, kill. It's all going to lead to war. Well, actually, it's the inverse. It's that we didn't let that out, which leads to rape, pillage, murder, and war, because the tower archetype says, I am the life force. I am primal, instinctual, raw, sexual potency of creation. So therefore, if you express me and create conduits with which this exuberance is able to be expressed, Oh, we can have a powerful time together. But if you repress me with righteousness and hatred and blame, then I invert my archetypal force that creates and destroys universes, and I boil inside of you. Do you see that? I mean, it's really, it's, it's so This is
1: so, so amazing, yes. You That's
6: know, how archetype helps us.
1: Your your book, the, the Tarot Revised Revision, Revision, is a piece and parcel of this entire wheel you speak of. Yes. And it, it it goes in depth to each one of those so-called yes. psyche yes, feeders and yes. archetypes and, and the idea of what this is as a whole. And you know the consciousness that that we're talking about in this room is enveloping, but it's also recycling itself through yes. each portion of the room. It's like everywhere you turn yes. in this painted room, and with all of Lee's artwork, which you have to look up, where can people find your artwork?
6: Lee, uh, www.lee, and then also on Facebook, Olandar Foundation for Emerging Renaissance, and to Google my name and art, and it'll take to a lot of art because there's different articles and different, but I would go to my website because there's links on the front of my website to a lot of my different talks. And, um, and I think that because a lot of this is to really stimulate the conversation, and that's what the, uh, the tarot as well, which I also talk about in different uh, presentations. But I really believe that this is why archetype, why this wheel, why the beginning to understand, because the point of acting is that you say, listen, I, I, I don't need to believe. If I believe, I'm not very good on stage. I have to embody If my questions aren't what and who is right and where is the authority, I'm the authority. I end up having to be present. And I think this is a metaphor for the human experience now.
1: Without being the authority.
6: Yes, because essentially you're saying I'm responsible to understand how I am wired so I can be effective in helping to really bring together this greater sense of shared energy.
1: So this is our opportunity then to learn to manage this and also witness this experience this come to terms with this and rewrite what we do with it
6: yes and art says and this is very important to remember when something becomes art it's not theory it's not concept it's a manifestation Mm
5: -hmm. and the
6: manifestation of art is the manifestation of creation and we as human are born of creation we are art only like can reveal like only art contains love only art allows for the greater science of creation to be manifest because at the end of the day it says as emerson beauty is the creator of the universe and that's something i wanted to bring home do you see that's the key we can live not for the neighbor but for ourselves and we can invite community to say as storytellers what if we gather?" and inspire and create enthusiasm because I'm convinced that all renaissance, all rebirth comes because we become enthusiastic that, you know what, we're way more interesting than we thought.
1: And there you have it, straight from the renaissance man, Lee J. McCloskey, and you have to look up all of his things. You can go to olanderfoundation.com. You can look up Lee J. McCloskey. Thank you so much for listening. We're wishing you a sweet Love-filled day from both of Absolutely. us here in Malibu in the Living Library. You have to see this one day. Thank you so much, Lee. Thank you so much, Meredith. All right, everybody. Have a sweet week, a sweet weekend, and we will talk to you again soon. See you next week. Much love.
0: Thank you for listening to Making Life Brighter on the Health and Wellness Channel. Be sure to join us each week at 10 a.m. for information, inspiration, and education with leading experts in healing and consciousness. For more information and a complete show schedule, please visit us at makinglifebrighter.com. Making Life Brighter, successfully helping you feel better from the inside out. You are-
3: The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.
5: This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.